God bless you. You can be seated. Great to have you in the house today. Welcome. And it is uh, Faith, Love, Hope uh, Sunday next week. It's been a season and we speak to what God's called us to do. And we celebrate the things that you've seen right now of the great accomplishments, the things that we've done with the Ukraine. And she rescued last week was the 30 tons of food we give out every week to people that are in poverty and the great things we do as a church right here. And I love Faith, Love, Hope. It's a, it's a great time of uh, celebrating the goodness of God. And, and uh, Lee and I every year, um, you know, bring a generous gift above our regular giving to, um, to Faith, Love, Hope. And I was, <laughs> I was, I really felt the Holy Spirit prompt me this year to stretch myself, you know, uh, to go above what we normally give. And uh, I wasn't sure how much or anything like that. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe 50% more would be a very, you know, good stretch for us. And um, feeling God saying, do something. And, and anyway, out of the blue, before I could get to talk to Lee, Lee comes to me and says, God's been prompting me to give. Uh, extra this year. And I'm, I said, I was about to talk to you about that as well. I was thinking maybe, you know, 50% more. And she said, no, no, I, I believe God's saying 500% more. 500% more. 500% more. And uh, my experience is that when God speaks to Lee, I just get it done. <laughs> because it's generally right and correct. So we're stretching this year and believing for whatever God has to do with us in the future of our great church. So I encourage you, it's a family, a couple, pray about it, believe God, see what God wants to do in you and through you. And I've been doing this a really long time, giving, and it's never made me poorer yet. And I see the blessing of God around my life over and over again, not just financially, uh, but in all that He does for us. So great days ahead. It was my birthday this week. And uh, yeah, as we celebrated, it was great. Bunch of friends and uh, great presents. And I'm not gonna tell you how old I am, but I get discounts now. All right, so I'm in the discount age, the discount era. And at first I'm going, I'm not taking your discounts for old age. Then I thought, oh, what the heck? <laughs> Save some money. Um, so uh, yeah, great day, great. Look, I'm, I wanna speak to you this morning um, as we get ready for Faith, Love, Hope. I've called today's message, God's Return on Investment. God's return on investment. And um, the term return on investment indicates there is an expectation that when you invest, something happens, and because you invest, the result of that investment is a return or an increase or a profit, or if you're a farmer, a harvest. It's a, you invest and then there should be a return. It's how businesses work. You invest your money, your time, your gifts and talents, and the result of that, Hopefully you'll make a profit or an income, an increase. Uh, if you're an employee, it's the same principle. You invest your time, your gifts and talents, and you expect a return. You get paid a wage or a salary or bonuses, all that sort of thing. Um, and every time you consider investment, the idea is to get a return. Uh, um, I'm just thinking, imagine if you got uh, somebody come up to you with a, uh, like a deal, and they said, hey, all you need to do is invest $100,000, and uh, all you need to do is work one day a week and uh, we think it's a great opportunity. And we go, oh, sounds, sounds really interesting. So uh, how much do I make? Nothing. No, so I, I work one day, how much, do I work for, how much do I get for the one day a week? No, nothing. Well, what happens to the $100,000? Oh, you lose it. I'm not gonna sit there, I'm in, that's great. Because when you invest, you expect a return. That's how it works. And it's not just a, um, uh, a business principle, it's actually a life principle. Um, there's no doubt that the question if I was to ask you, what return do you expect 
in your marriage this year or in your family? What, what sort of, uh, you know, what are you expecting uh, to, uh, to get a return from? Your spiritual life, your health, your friendships. Well, that, that, um, that return will be dependent on what you invest into it. So it's not just a business principle, it's a life principle. We invest, expect a return, that's how right. Great investment, great return. Greater investment, greater return. And I wanna speak to you today about that there is no greater investment that has ever been made than what God has invested into His creation. There's never been a bigger investment ever seen in human history. God is, God is driven by His great love for mankind. I'm not sure whether to say mankind anymore. It's got the word man in it, hasn't it? Humankind, oh, human's got the word man in it as well. That's disappointing. Person, oh, it's got the word son in it. Maybe God loves us all. Uh, you know, I've decided I will not be defined by pronouns, be assured of that. That God decided to create man and He created woman. And it's always gonna be the same, no matter what He try and do with it. But He loves us all, He's driven by His love towards us, even people that oppose Him, even people that are anti-God. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, when we hated God, when we were against God, when we didn't believe in God, He still died for us. God is driven by His love for mankind. Whether we respond to it or not, He's driven to it. To God, nothing is too much trouble and nothing is too expensive for Him to do for you and I. He has invested all. <laughs> he has not invested some, He has invested all. It's a big investment and I believe God's looking for a big return. So let's have a look at what God's invested into humankind. Number one, He invested flesh and blood. Not, not, not just finance, not just a house, not just a mortgage, no, He invested Himself in flesh and blood. You can't get a bigger investment than putting yourself on the table. In Romans chapter eight, verse 32, it says, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? In other words, He was so committed to humankind that He gave Himself up on a cross of Calvary. The Son Jesus was crucified. His death resulting in a way for man and women to be back in relationship with their Creator. He shed His blood for us, and it's not normal blood. It's not the blood of bulls and goats. It's not the blood of mankind. It's the blood of God Himself. It is holy blood. And in that blood, it had the power to cleanse us of our sins and our failures and our mistakes. He invested not just His flesh, but His blood as well. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says this. You should know this, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So God, so I'm telling you this morning, God, that God invests Himself into humanity. He invests His blood into humanity. He, he wraps Himself in mortal clothing, in human form, makes Himself lower than the angels and to die on a cross to take our punishment so that we could be in relationship with Him, whether we accept it or not, He's done it for you and I. He's invested Everything. Then, just to make sure everybody knows, He raises from the dead. 
just to prove that He is not some mere prophet, but God Himself. He raises from the dead. I wanna tell you today, God is driven by His inexhaustible love towards us as people. He would do anything for you and He has done everything for you. The book of John chapter three, verse 16 and 17 says this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who believes in Him, listen to this, somebody, you gotta hear this today, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into, listen to this, did not send Jesus in to condemn us, but that the world might be saved through Him. So God didn't send Jesus to judge us. He, he, he didn't cause our mess. He said, you've made a mess, but I'm gonna give you a way out of this. He didn't come to condemn us, but to save us from the things that went wrong in our lives. The, the, the reason the world is a mess is not God's fault. It was our decision to turn our back on our Creator and say, we're good, we're gonna do it our way. And now we live in a world that's trouble like wars, uh, trafficking, addiction, all those things are a basic product of human, humankind saying, we're good, we're all right. And uh, I look around and go, well, how does that really worked out for us? And I think right now it's such a powerful, pivotal moment to realise of the days that we live in and the wonder of Jesus that God loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. And you know, again, we've just been through this season where we saw Pastor Sam go to glory, young 45-year-old pastor and battling with cancer for a number of years. And just recently, uh, he, had, uh, he lost that battle and went to heaven. And I wanna just remind everybody that, that for eons of time, you didn't exist. For eons of time. You turn up on the planet for a, what I would, doesn't matter whether it's 40 or 100, it's a fairly short term in realms of eternity. Can I just remind everybody that life is short, eternity is long. Life is short, eternity is long. And how that eternity all looks depends on what we believe here while we're alive. You know, today, you might have come and you might not be a believer in Jesus. I remember the days that I walked into a church and I wasn't a believer. But something happened while I was in that meeting and something opened in my heart and God sort of stirred something and I gave my life to live for Him. And it's still the best decision I have ever made in my entire life. Or maybe today you've come and you were on fire for God and then something got in the way, people, church, whatever, and your relationship with Jesus got distorted and you've gone off a backtrack, but you're here again and something's starting to stir. Or maybe you're just not sure about your eternity. Well, right now you can make a decision. The Bible says that if you believe upon Jesus, you shall be saved. Saved out of your past, saved into your future. Today, I'd love to pray with you. Online, man, if you're, if, you're, if you're gonna find Jesus, now is your moment. Here in this building, I'd love to pray. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I would love to know who I'm praying with today. So if you in your heart would say, you know what? I, I, I wanna believe upon Jesus, because that's what the Bible says. Believe upon Jesus and you shall be saved. I wanna pray with you right where you are. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes for a moment. And for those that I'm speaking to, if you say, you know what, I wanna make that decision today, I wanna believe, or I wanna recommit, I wanna come back, I wanna, I wanna make sure that I'm on the right track here, this is your moment. And so for me to pray with you, could you just raise your hand for me and give me a wave and say, you know what, thank you at the back over there, uh, thank you on the side over there, thank you at the front over there. Yeah, you can celebrate with them, thank you on the back over there, that's a great decision. 
Uh, again, if, if you haven't lifted your hand, just lift it up for me right now one more time, looking from the front to the back, from the left to the right, I'm gonna pray. Uh, thank you in the middle there, that's a great decision as well. And uh, Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up, but it's not what you saw. You saw hearts, your creation, the thing you died for, the person that you gave everything for, say yes. And I know this moment is supernatural. I know that something inside of us starts to come alive towards the spirit realm and that God, you're now interfacing with us. I thank you that we're being born again. I thank you, Lord, that you promised you'd forgive every person that did this, that believed every sin, every failure, every mistake, and remember it never again. You love us so tightly and completely, we become sons, daughters of the Most High God. I know that heaven rejoices when even one responds and comes back. So I know heaven rejoices for these beautiful people, and so do we at City Point, in Jesus' Name. And all that agreed said, Amen. Let's get excited for those people today. Congratulations. Great decisions. And uh, maybe your hand went all the way up or maybe it didn't get all the way up. It was just something you're moving on with. Hey, look, um, it's such an important thing. It wasn't the end, it's just the beginning. And we wanna help you be all that God's called you to be. So keep coming into the house of God. Listen to preaching. Uh, be around the people of God. Go to the lounge if you wanna get a Bible or ask some questions. We wanna make sure that you're on the right track into your future. Uh, I mean, you get saved in here, uh, but you don't do life alone. You do it together. That's the church. So let's give it up one more time for all those great people today. Congratulations. Well done. That's why he invested his flesh and his beautiful blood. Now, you would seem that would be enough. That just that God invested Jesus would be, you know, that, that, that just shows his great love and then the resurrection shows his great power. Surely he doesn't need to invest anything else. But I wanna tell you, he can't help himself. He is driven by his love for humankind. So he invests his son, his blood, and now he invests his Holy Spirit. So even when Jesus is resurrected from the dead, He doesn't stay on the earth. The Bible actually says that He speaks to His disciples and He says, it's better that I go. Because if I go, then the Holy Spirit can come. So God, so God invests His flesh and blood. Now He invests His spirit and soul. He invests all that He, all that he possibly could be. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And the end of the earth is actually New Zealand. <laughs> and uh, not because I, it's just because that's just the distance between Jerusalem and New Zealand. They're just they're far apart. Anyway. Uh, uh, and there's something special about being at the end of the earth because you learn how to play rugby union and never lose. But it's really clear there that, that, that he says, I've given you the Holy Spirit. Um, in other words, even though Jesus has gone, he's gone into heaven, I'll not leave you alone. You, you've made the call to believe uh, and I don't want you to, to struggle with this. Uh, I, I want you to know that I will give you my spirit so you're enabled to live the life that I've called you to live. Being a stronger Christian is not trying harder, it's drawing closer to the Holy Spirit. So God says, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna invest my Holy Spirit so you have the power to stand against darkness. You have the power to decree and prophesy life over people's lives. You have the power to complete your mission. 
You have the power to have life and to see it happen more abundantly. So we got this, and again, I, I, I keep, as I'm writing this message, I'm, God, it's, it's, it's His flesh, it's His blood, and now it's His Spirit. There's nothing left of God to give. He's given absolutely everything. That's how much He loves you and I. And not just us, everybody out there. While we were yet sinners, He loves everybody. And I thought, what possibly, what else could He, why, what else possibly? And then I started to realise He's given one more thing. I thought, what else can He give? See, this is where it gets interesting because He doesn't stop there. His love for people is so great. Listen, He then invests the people that love Him back into the world to reach other people. So He invests His church. He's given his, his flesh, his blood, his spirit. And now he's saying, I love them so much, I'm prepared to invest my people back into the world. See, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20 says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. He did not say go and make spectators of all nations. He didn't want us to sit back and go, go Jesus, awesome job. No, no, he didn't go, he didn't say make spectators. And he, he didn't make, he didn't say go and make decisions. Because a decision gets you to heaven, but a disciple gets somebody else to heaven. So he didn't just say, you can go and get saved. He said, go and make disciples. And understand, this is the last thing that he says to us. His last words to the church before he's taken back up into heaven. And he could have spoken on any subject. Love, relationship, prayer, all sorts of things he could have spoke about. But what he spoke about was this drive in him to reach the unchurched, the lost people of the planet. And he says to you and I, go into your world. Go into your world, man, go into your world and not just make decisions, start to make disciples of all nations. Now that you know me, now that you know me, Jesus is saying, go on my behalf. Go on my behalf, be my light, my voice, my hands. Take me to your generation so they will know who I am. Whether they accept me or not, take me there anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20, 21 says this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, please, please somebody be reconciled to God. For He, made, for he, he made Him with, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He's talking to us, to you and to me. We're ambassadors. We, we represent Christ on the earth. We're here to bring Jesus to our generation. We're, we're to walk around knowing that we bring heaven to earth. And I think that's significant that we realise that in God, nothing is just, a, and I don't want to upset too many people today, but it's not about you. <laughs> it's, it's always about you and somebody else. You see, it's, it's never just about me. Um, it's about, see, that's why we call, we're called to be blessed so we can be a blessing. And even if we get healed, 
Our healing is bigger than just for us. It's actually that we can have faith and a testimony to bring faith and healing to other people. It wasn't just about you. It was about you and somebody else. And even salvation is the same. That, that to be saved is that the first point of knowing Christ is the salvation. But once you're saved, it wasn't about just getting you to heaven. It was about you going to heaven, but on the way, helping somebody else get there as well. You see, it's important to realise that, that, that heaven is no longer our goal as a believer. It's not your goal. Heaven is a result, a result of believing. Dead Christians go to heaven. It's not a goal of mine to get to heaven. That's where I'm going. So my goal changes once you become a believer from getting to heaven to actually doing what Jesus told us to bring heaven to earth. He said this, pray like this, that my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The, the, the message here is not about getting to heaven, it's about bringing heaven to earth and the more of heaven we bring to earth, the more of earth we're gonna see go to heaven. That's the plan of God. If it, was, if, 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 it was, if it was all about just getting to heaven, why would we pray for the sick? We'd be just cheering them on. See you there. Catch up in a few years. Why would we pray for those that are sick of us about getting to heaven? No, no, the, the faith that God's given us is not that we should die for Him, it's that we should live for Him. Because in living for Him, we are now His ambassadors. And we can bring Christ to the people in our world that are around us. Important to understand that He's invested you and I back into the world around us. Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 12, 11 and 12. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints. For the, the important part of this, and leave it up there, is not that he gave apostles and prophets and teachers. Uh, the important part of the scripture is that he did it so he would equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And good news for you and I, you're the saints. My job is not to do everything. My job is to equip you for the work of the ministry, the Bible says. So we have preaching and teaching and apostles and prophets, not that they get the job done, but they help equip the saint to do the work of the ministry. And again, I say this to make sure you realise God is investing you back into this world. He's not taking us out of the world. He's investing us into the world because of His great love for the people that don't know Him yet. Once you start to mature in your believing, our questions must get bigger than what do I get? What's in it for me? Because I know this, that God's promise to me as a believer is He shall meet all my needs according to His riches and glories. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and the things that you need shall be added unto you. So my question's not about getting, it's not, it's bigger than that. We could ask, start to ask different questions. In other words, the questions we should be asking is what difference am I making? What difference am I making? As a church, the one thing that should happen if we're not here, that the world should know we're not here. In other words, when we're here, we're bringing life and light and hope. You will notice 
that in the media, it does not talk about the 30 tonnes of food we give away every week to people that are starving. It does not talk about the, the Ukraine, how we're getting people out of there and, and taking supplies out there. It doesn't talk about the rescue home in Cambodia. It doesn't talk about those things, but that's who we are. We are life and light in the world around us. We've been invested back in to our world to bring hope and a future to people. The question we should be asking, am I making a difference? What can I give? How can I be involved? These are important questions to God. Hebrews chapter six, verse 10 through 12 says this. For God is not unjust, listen to this. He's not unjust to forget your work and labour of love which you have shown towards His name, if that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. We desire that. Each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end, that you do not become sluggish because we're called, we're invested. God's investing us back in the world. Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. One of the most dangerous things a Christian can do is become sluggish in his plan for God to use him while he's alive. I looked through the Bible and when people grew tired, they did wrong things with wrong people. The Bible says that Samson grew tired and he laid his head in the lap of Delilah. David the king grew tired of going to battle and he laid his head in the lap of Bathsheba. I wanna tell you, don't get sluggish in doing what God's called you to do because you end up in wrong places doing wrong things. That's what we're called on a mission. Once you're off mission, you get stuck on nothingness. You end up doing things that you don't appropriately wanna do. But if you're on mission, then you stay disciplined towards the call of God on your life. It says, we're called and God won't forget your labour. He won't forget it. He sees it, it's important to Him. None of us are too busy, we can't do something. And none of us are so poor, we can't give anything. See, God will never, never ask you to do something that you couldn't do. And He would never ask you to give something you couldn't give. But <laughs> He will always challenge us to be more than we are right now. He will challenge us to be involved because we are His church and His love for mankind is so great, He's invested us back into this crazy mixed up world that we live in. God has invested all, His Son, His blood, His Holy Spirit, His church, huge investment. And I believe He's after maximum return. God's not finished with planet Earth yet. God's Spirit's not finished in what's gonna happen on this planet. And His return on this big investment is people, not buildings, not objects, the hearts of humanity, so they can be blessed and healed and set free, so they may have life and have it more abundantly, have eternal life. Multitudes and multitudes loving and living for Him and spending eternity in His presence. And today, as we close, the return on your investment is immeasurable. I look at what we saw today and how we're able to help those people in Ukraine and those young girls in Cambodia and, and all the other great things that we do. But personally, when we invest, it's not about what I get, it's so much about who I'm becoming. Uh, the, the, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. So you're becoming bigger and bigger. You're trusting God more. Uh, then there is a, the principle that what you sow, 
If you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully. So God's not gonna leave us undone. And then for others, freedom from addictions, sexual trafficking, people being fed, healed, saved, set free, marriages, families restored, grace, mercy, and love being poured out over a broken planet is the reason that God invests us back into this broken world. So today we're on mission, we're on, tour, on course, we're on target. So make sure that you understand that we all got a part to play in this. God did not so go and make spectators of all nations. He said, let's be disciples. Let's do our bit for the Kingdom of God.